0: Hello Queerlings, Lee here up in the intro. Just wanted to give you a little heads up about this episode. It's not a regular episode, it's kind of an extra. I originally recorded this back in the beginning of October with my wonderful guests that you're about to hear, Elise Knorr and Lisa Charlotte, and... It was to promote their upcoming Sweet Bitter podcast, which is an investigative show deep diving into the life and loves and history of Sappho, and everything in the world kind of got very busy, and unfortunately I wasn't able to get it out before their show. But I am bringing it to you today, now. So I hope that you get a chance to listen to their show. They premiered October 15th, so they've got some episodes out, and it's a really lovely, wonderful listen, and I hope that you enjoy the conversation that we had. And we will have another regular episode for you in January. Stay safe, stay healthy, I hope that all of your holidays are wonderful, and everyone is doing well. Bye!
1: we've always been here every single year from ancient days right up to today see history is queer
0: some think it's a new way but we've got something to say history is very Everybody, Lee here in your ear holes for yet another bonus episode. Uh, I have today with me two wonderful folks that I have become wonderful friends with uh, through nerdiness and queer history shit. I am talking to two of the folks behind a brand new podcast called Sweet Bitter, which is an investigative podcast about Sappho, which I'm very excited about. Um, (laughs) we, we talked for a little while about like, Oh, I want to bring you guys on and talk about Sappho. And then we were like, wait, we've done two whole episodes on (laughs) Sappho. Where are we supposed to go from here? Um, and I was like, well, I just kind of want to tell people about your podcast. So let's do that. So I would like to introduce. Uh, Lisa Charlotte and Elise Knorr, who are part of the team. Hi! Hey! (laughs) How's everybody doing?
1: (laughs) Doing good. Thanks for having us. Yeah,
0: Yeah, thanks thanks for having us. It's exciting. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so there's one other person who's involved with Sweet Bitter. It's Ellie Brigida, who uh, you might know from the podcast Les Hangout. Uh, she could not be here with us today, but Lisa and Elisa are going to tell us all about the show. Uh, so this is just going to be like a, like a cool gay hangout with folks. Uh, um, so can each of you tell our lovely listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, what you do in podcast land and specifically this podcast, and how you came to Sappho and wanting to dive into her life and her work. Elise, you want to go
1: first? Sure. Um, I actually am a lesbian poet myself. So uh, I. What?
0: Yes, I... Gay I, people on this show? I know. and I, it,
1: it's, it's scandalous. And I think that, like, that... My, so my connection to, to Sappho is that I'm sort of, like, her great-great-great-great-great-great-granddaughter, um, as far as, like, artistic lineage is concerned. And so I, I write... Erotic lesbian love poems. I'm very much inspired by Sappho's work. I quote her work in in um in my writing often. And I'm very new to the podcasting world. I appeared on Buffering the Vampire Slayer as someone that they could ask about Sappho for an episode involving Willow, Tara, and writing Sappho
0: poems on someone. On, a, on the nude back of the, their lover. Yes, exactly. <laughs> as you do. Just Yeah, I mean, just it's an incredibly gay culture thing Mm -hmm. this is what i did on my first date with my wife like (laughs) obviously
1: (laughs) uh so yeah I, i was i was on there for a brief appearance just to talk a little bit about sappho and and her history and um i think lisa picks up the story from there Oh, yeah, because then
2: that's when I I heard her on the podcast and I was like, oh, my God, there has to be a Sappho podcast out there about her whole life. And I tried to find one and I couldn't find one. And so I creepily contacted and stalked Elise and was like, we have to create a Sappho podcast. Uh, So that's that's the story of the podcast. I just wanted to listen to it. And so then now we create it.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely the like, oh, man, I want to hear all these things. Oh shit! No one's making. Oh, do I have to make that? Like, I guess <laughs> I'll do it. I just I want to go. I want to go the easy route. I just <laughs> want to like sit back and have somebody else do all the work and listen to it. I don't want to spend time making it. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> so you're welcome, everybody.
0: That's actually such a gay thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh no! I just thought of like <laughs> like Pillow Princess for artistry. Mm. Um. <laughs> No, we, we're we're a pro pillow princess uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's so funny because like I we I think we started talking and and I was going to reach out to you, Elise, for our Sappho episode, and then uh, I got in t- I got got in contact with Alex Tidings, and was like, well, I can't,
1: yeah, I can't
0: pass up the opportunity to have Aphrodite herself That's, on this podcast it, it, it's, it's hard to compare a
2: Zena t-shirt with a Zena mug like,
0: <laughs> I'm yes. nothing if not predictable let's just say that I know who I am and I know what I like you have a brand it's... I have a brand okay <laughs> they said literally talking on the podcast that is their literal brand <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh yeah so um and how did Ellie get in touch with y'all? Uh so I think it was just like a, the queer podcasting group. I
2: so when I uh, sort of thought of the Sappho podcast, I was working for a company and trying to like get ideas up, and I didn't want to work with the uh, the guy that we'd been working with, as I didn't really <laughs> feel like he would be the best person, necessarily, to be helping me put together the series. So A man?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> talking about Zappa? I know, right?
2: Uh, so, and I'd already had some, like, disagreements about some of the content they were putting out and, like, it being irresponsible but that's a whole other story so initially I sort of reached out on queer podcasting there's like a queer podcasting group I think you're in it as well
0: I, uh, I, made, I made it You <laughs> no. made it. Exactly. <laughs> I was I was in a bunch of other podcasting groups and it was really sick of just seeing like entrepreneur dude yeah oh yeah. post over and over and over and I had joined <laughs> another one for like women even though I'm not a woman and like Every single post was like, mommy blog sort of uh, thing. And I'm like, okay, I mm. need to find my people. So I just made like a queer podcasting group. I'm like, hey, I want to talk to other queer people who are doing this, please.
2: <laughs> awesome. Well, Ellie and I met on there. So thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> so you you You're sort welcome. of helped create this also.
0: Oh, yay. Yeah, yeah. Another podcast, baby. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, you you call this an investigative podcast. Talk a little bit about what you mean by that. Like, what's what's the structure? This is gonna be, um, I'm not sure when we're gonna publish this, so it may already be out, but it's dropping on October 15th, so if I put this out before then look forward to it if I put this out afterwards go find it in your podcatchers and and binge everything that's there so far mm-hmm. yeah there we go mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah I'm, I'm interested to hear um, so you know we did an episode just kind of comprehensively talking about Sappho's life and I'm really fascinated to hear how you're gonna do like a full series on looking at Sappho yeah Um. so I
2: think there's so much information about Sappho and people have so much certainty about who she was and what her life was and really we don't know anything which i guess is how we're coming we're we're looking at this so it's basically there's just so much stuff about her that's tied up in academic books or Mm. or and it's kind of boring honestly the way that it's presented (laughs) so the way that it's
0: written about yeah
2: yeah it's it's like for academics by academics uh so basically ellie and i are just kind of going on a journey through her life and legacy and bringing you along for that so we've interviewed about I don't know like nine or ten people so far mm-hmm. um and we're taking the most interesting parts of those interviews and stitching them into episodes so I think mm-hmm. we're starting on like the Isle of Lesbos and historical content uh, yes. context uh yes yeah. uh ever heard of it <laughs> <laughs>
0: The historical context. <laughs> Ever <heard of> it? <laughs> um Yeah, I think Elise, when you and I were talking before, you guys were in the middle of trying to find somebody, like a lesbian from Lesbos. still working on it. Still haven't found one. Still working on still it. Working on it. All done- right. Uh, if <laughs> you haven't found one by now, um, I know I know that we have listeners in Greece. Uh, if uh, anybody if anybody please. is a lesbian from Lesbos, I mean, you know, not just a capital L lesbian, but like a lesbian, A lesbian lesbian. lesbian. A lesbian, yes. lesbian, yes. of Lesbos. Yes. Uh, reach out to these wonderful folks.
1: Yes, please. You can yeah, email love us. To talk to you. We love yes,
0: to talk to you.
1: but I think that, like that, all the time we've invested into reading pretty much everything there is out there academically on Sappho, but then also contacting the authors of those pieces and musicians and theater performers to really take time to to talk to them about all these different elements wrapped up in Sappho, like the history of the island of Lesbos, like. You know the the quality and character of her poems. How we how we receive her fragments through space and time. Why there's so much controversy over her lesbian identity or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's quite a few like debates and controversies and a lot of mystery. And so just by getting to talk to some of these people, we even conducted an interview entirely in French last week. So we're really going to like all corners of the globe oh, to wow. try to to try to track down like the experts who can really let us know what what the latest on Sappho scholarship and Sappho research is.
2: I love how much you just. Said we in that sentence. Let me be clear. Elise read all the books on Sappho, <laughs> and Elise conducted an interview in French. But I, I read one clumsy in, like, one clumsy email in French. That was my contribution.
1: Well, and, <laughs> and we had we had a really generous. Uh, my friend Allison really generously helped. She's from France, so she's very good. So we, we kind of made it through the interview. And I think that like you know don't don't forget too. Lisa, that I typed up like a twenty-five page document of Sappho notes that you and Ellie read, which was probably really really
0: boring and painful. But you guys, that's, that's <laughs> such a relatable mood from, from someone who writes 20 to 30 page outlines for each episode where I'm just like, oh, these Ugh. people are so cool. You need to know every single thing about them. Um, it's just like
1: block quote, block quote,
0: block quote. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, um, the person that I did the last episode with, uh, my, my guest host Ashton, Ashton was like, our, our outline is already like 17 pages and like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> also, that's double spaced. So if we put it back to single space, it's only like nine pages. That's fine.
1: <laughs> but it's great. Like, look. I think that I've been having a lot of fun because so I'm also a university professor. So that's more like the mode that I work in. But then like Ellie and Lisa last weekend were together in Boston and like did live TikTok recordings of songwriting sessions because they're both writing songs, like, off of Sappho's fragments, modern-day renderings of Sappho's songs, so...
2: Oh, hell I mean, yes! Th- like, Elise the- also wrote a couple, too. I, re- I wrote
1: one, and it's uh, it's the, like, um, what is it, the ballad? The power ballad?
0: Oh! It's a
1: music I, song, too! I tried the country music, but I, despite growing up in Georgia, I'm, like, not much of a country music listener, so it was, like, a, a caricature of country, but I did grow up with 90s, like, all rock like power yeah, yeah. ballads so so yeah. it had like a real like pearl jam feel so if you want to hear like sappho pearl jam but then you guys wrote like jazz and music what were what all the ones you guys wrote we did jazz we did an r&b track and one
2: of ellie's friends who has a really <laughs> deep voice is going to do that you know remember when they always used to talk over the songs and yeah be like, yeah because i think the last the last sentence of that fragment is all night long <laughs> and i just want some like deep voice man to be like all night long.
0: So that's amazing. We've so done are a disco you... track. <laughs> disco track. Oh, the disco, disco track. Disco Sappho. Is yeah. Oh
1: there's God. a there's a video with costumes that I think we'll have to look Oh yeah, we to. found
2: matching jumpsuits and we did a <laughs> disco TikTok, which like it's hard because we can't release it, obviously, until we release I think it's for the second episode. Perfect. Um so the zero one two, so we have like three episodes before we get to the disco track, mm. but yeah, it was really fun. I actually never wrote songs before, so – and wow. it was kind of – Ellie had a real, like, no bullshit approach. Uh, she was just like, no, you can do this. Just sing a melody. I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> and then we wrote, like, seven songs in a day.
1: So much fun. And
0: and that's they were, amazing. They were, like,
1: live streaming it on TikTok, and so I was just watching it all day, like, fangirling out, like, commenting on, <laughs> on their – like, writing comments and just being like, man, these people are so cool, like – the, like wow! Like I want to listen to this podcast, and then like like occasionally remembering like oh I'm on the team that's making I'm the- doing that I'm doing <laughs> I, that. thing. most exactly. of exactly. our exactly.
2: relationship is actually just all of us fangirling over <laughs> each other, like <laughs> constantly <laughs> all of the time is basically that's the true. dynamic of this. Like podcast. you're so
0: cool, you're so cool. Oh man! So are you? So going into the Sappho fragments and and translating them into the songs, are you using? Are you like taking the um? Oh, what is it called? The 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 rhythm that they were written in the Ionic. Um, we didn't do anything scientific
2: with it. Elise is the poet. I think that when you recorded your song, it did sound like you did that, whereas we were just like, what
1: works? <laughs> so when you, um, when I, I have this exercise I do with my students where I give them a Sappho fragment and then I show them uh, a lady singing it on the lyre in Greek, you know, in Aeolic Greek Uh, in a dress, like, you know, kind of looking like she's from Archaic Greece. And then I show them this, like, contemporary, like, folk band that... Actually, we interviewed one of the singers, and he's going to be on the podcast. But they're playing it kind of like you'd hear at a modern-day folk festival. And so the Mm -hmm. question is, like, which translation is more accurate and which translation is more true to what it... Because Sappho was, like, the pop singer of her time. You would have just, like, listened to her for fun or whatever. So they're kind of trying to translate, like, the spirit of it into, like, our contemporary pop folk genres which I guess is more more what you and Elio were doing Lisa if I had to yeah I just
2: looked at the poems and I was like I think that will be a funeral song I think that will be <laughs> disco <laughs> so does this mean that we're going to be featured in your classes in the future Elise oh sure
0: yeah you guys.
1: Yes. Can um, <laughs> because I, I think I can't remember which one I think maybe it was Diane Rear was talking to us and, and she was like yeah, I mean, you you don't have Taylor Swift without Sappho. You don't have Lady Gaga yes. without Sappho. Like she's the descendant, and she sets this pattern of the you know the lyric performer for generations to come. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I love that you you guys got to talk to Diane Rayer, who is um, if folks you know listened to our Sappho episode, you know, was one of our our two main translators that we referenced. Which and is Carson, really cool. Was Carson the
2: other one?
1: Yes,
0: Carson was the she other She doesn't one. talk
2: to anybody. Yeah, apparently she's
0: like a cryptid.
1: <laughs> she's she's pretty secret. Yeah, <laughs> she's pretty secret. I met her one time at an academic conference, and by met, I mean, like, stood in line for an hour to have her sign my book. It was wild.
0: I, I was like, You hey, told me that full story. Please tell me this full okay, story. Okay, so I was. I tell was, everyone the full story. I mean, story. just
1: being, so it was like, we're in a huge, ac- you know, uh, writing conference, and I see her, and, and then I'm like, going up in line to to have her sign my book, like, What should I say? What should I say to her? I've got two seconds. I don't deserve to be breathing the same air as her. Um, Should I tell her, like, Ann Carson, would you like me to follow you around the conference and rip up my manuscript and lay it down at your feet so that your feet don't have to touch the floor of this conference? Because you're not worthy. Because, like, we're not worthy. But what I came up with was, like, Ann Carson, how are you enjoying this conference? And she, like, stopped what she was doing, put her pen down, looked up at me, like, took the measure of me, and very calmly was like, Moderately.
0: Moderately.
1: And then That's <laughs> all she said. And then she wrote in my in my book, like, most of the time authors will, uh, when they sign your book, they'll cross out their name on the title page. And then they'll do a big signature and, like, best wishes, whatever. Anne Carson, you know, is so humble. Like, her entire bio in every book she writes is, like, Anne Carson teaches classical Greek for a living in Canada. Like, that's her whole bio. And she starts the sequel to Autobiography of Red with, like, Fail Better from Samuel Beckett implying that she failed the first time (laughs) she wrote this incredible book. Anyway, she wrote my, all she wrote in my book was the tiniest, you need a microscope to just see it, like, the tiniest, A respectfully, A, C. You can't even find it. You need to find it. It's so tiny.
0: What an icon. Yeah. (laughs) I mean this is this is great for me to know in case we ever try to interview Aunt Carson and Carson be like, that's not happening. She's just hiding out in Canada making amazing literature. You know what? She's she's aiming to be as enigmatic as Sappho herself. Oh hell yeah. I like that connection. That's nice. <laughs> uh so I mean speaking of that, like tell me a little bit about your I mean, do you guys have like kind of a an end point? point with the show in terms of what are you going to have like a central thesis going through or Mm -hmm. just kind of discovering what other people are saying and kind of let that speak for itself because I know that there's I mean, we talked a little bit about like, there's so much controversy around her and the questions about her orientation. What was truth? And actual biographical fact, and what was from comedies, and you know, turning her into this ugly straight woman who jumped off a cliff because a man, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested to hear how you're gonna tackle those kind of things in the narrative. Yeah, we don't take
2: like a position on. I mean, obviously, we think she she's a woman, and there's definitely been times in history where people have tried to like posit that she's not so that would be something that we would be certain of and that she did love other women not mm-hmm. to say that she's gay or bisexual or whatever just that she did love other women that's evidence in her poetry right but aside from that we're not really taking any central thesis i think it's just more a journey about
1: what's there mm-hmm. and what we know and what we don't know so the the like each episode really takes like, to look at a, at a different question. So there will be a question like, what was the island of Lesbos like during Sappho's time? And there mm-hmm. might be another episode that says, why do we only have excerpts of her writing? Why don't we have complete poems? Um, so we're kind of, just to get back at that word, investigative, like, we came up with these questions early on because we wanted to know the answers and we were really interested in them. And so then finding different experts to answer them for us uh, was really a process of discovery for all of us. And We've had a lot of really fun, like, group texts about, like, neat things our, our interviewees have told us. And so I think it really is more of a, like, question-driven, episode-by-episode, question-by-question. And just like Lisa was saying, there's no way to, to know. I mean, the term lesbian didn't exist during Sappho's time. So right. she's not really that, you know, the way we think of her now. But how did she become an icon? For How did, how did we get the word lesbian from her? Right. Um, like, how did that happen? Which, you know, it didn't really happen until only about 200 years ago. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and like we've come across some wild shit. I'm really excited <laughs> to like share that. Uh, there's a whole like papyrology scandal that we'll go into. I think around episode f- mid season, so like episode four or something. I think we've got we've got that, which has rocked the classic. This, this, well. ha- this has
0: to do with the whole uh, Hobby Lobby <laughs> th- uh, uh, theft. <laughs> yep. fun yeah, fun stuff, right? The guy, crazy. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, arrests have been made. (laughs) It's
0: pretty intense. Oh man, what? Um, I mean, I know that you know you're holding back on a lot of things for when you when you launch. But what would you say is probably the like most out of left field thing that you have discovered or talked to, or the person you've talked to in this process, in terms of like, okay, who are we going to go out and interview? You know, it's pretty obvious we want to find somebody who's, you know, is a translator, we want to talk to people who are in this world. Are there folks that you were like, wow, I never would have expected to reach out to this person and talking about Sappho?
2: Yeah, I think one thing for me that was really exciting, so we sort of, we started this project like a year and a half ago, but we never, it never really got off the ground. And when, uh, when COVID hit, I got stranded in Australia for six months. And so I decided that I should drive the project forward, and we should we should actually do the thing. And uh, Google is really based like location based in terms of like who you find on Google. And I had not really thought about that, and so when I started looking for people, I found a lot of Australian um, academics and stuff, which is really exciting, that I probably wouldn't have found in the US. So Jane Montgomery Griffiths, who we interviewed, did a one-woman show about Sappho that showed in Australia and in the UK, and it's an incredible show, which sadly we can't share with you because there's no version of it available. (laughs) But we were the ethereal nature of theater yeah (laughs) uh but uh and i would never have found her so that was a really fun find for me so we actually have a couple of australian academics on the podcast now as a result of that which is really cool very cool at least do you have a fave um or an unexpected
1: i think that there's like these little moments in every interview that i'll just say, really move me. I mean, I've I've cried during some of these interviews. Ellie's cried during some of these interviews. Our interviewers have cried because the words that were written by this woman 2,500 years ago still move people so much that they mm-hmm. dedicate their entire lives, their entire careers to translating her and bringing her to contemporary audiences and singing her work and performing her work. And I just think that's incredible. I, I can't think of any things that are more exciting than that. So to just share those, those moments, which, com- which feel like they come out of left field every interview when you kind of get out of the weeds and stop talking about all the specifics of Sappho and just talk about why do you love her or, or what brought you to her. Um, they're always really incredibly moving.
0: I think that would actually be a really good place for us to wrap up a little bit is, is what does Sappho and her poetry do for each of you and why do you think that it's stood the test of time? Why make an entire episode about Sappho other than all of the mystery around her?
1: Well, I remember the first time I read Fragment 31, which is, you know, Sappho's greatest hit, the one where she's (laughs) watching some man who seems equal to the gods talk to the woman who she loves. And the first time I read that poem, I just felt like I existed, finally, in a way that Mm. I never felt before. Um, Just the way she articulates the emotions of that scene, and the way that every time you go back to that poem, You notice something new, something different, something beautiful, something exciting. Um, So for me as a lesbian poet, I'm always drawing inspiration from the way that she writes about yearning and desire and love as a physical sensation that takes over your body and makes you paralyzed and sweaty and (laughs) twitchy and nervous. I think that to have a poet during a time right now that's really difficult for so many (laughs) reasons... Who writes about love and beauty is incredibly important and really inspiring.
2: Yeah. I feel like I can't top Elise's answer. I was like, of course you're gonna ask us this and and then the poet is going to weave this beautiful tapestry of words and
0: It's okay, I'll I'll edit it so that you go first and then Elise closes it. How about that? No.
2: <laughs> the magic Or of I editing. could just say Ditto. No, I I, I think uh, we have a quote from Diane Rea that I really um that kind of sums it up for me, I guess, which is that we we have so many words from men from history, and mm. she's the first woman in antiquity, and she talks about what she experienced as a woman, what women around her experienced, and I think that's really powerful. And a lot of the people that we've spoken to have sort of spoken to that as well. I think that's uh, for me what I think is really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I love that, and that's that's something that just makes me so much more frustrated and infuriated when people then say, "Oh, well, you know, maybe she wasn't a woman, yeah. um, or she's not speaking from her own personal experience because there was no such thing as a <laughs> you know individual concept and it was a collective we, a collective I, and I was just like, can't we just have? <laughs> Can't we just have a woman in antiquity? Just one. Just one. Literally the only one. The poetess. Please. Yeah, I mean, it's almost
1: like, it's either going to make you laugh or cry, the the lengths that scholars have gone. I mean, my favorite one, I think I just started, like, shout texting Ellie and Lisa when I read it, is (laughs) some guy writing that... um, Oh god, I can't remember the number of it, but the fragment that's about getting all lubed up and oiled up. Yes, and, yes, and <laughs> and getting like this. bed together. He's like he's like
0: probably this is about taking a nap, and I'm like, <laughs> are you are, are you kidding me? That's I mean that's that's such that is such mental gymnastics, right? Yeah. On the on the level of like taking the story from ancient imperial China with Emperor I and Dongshan and turning the beautiful queer act of like cutting off your sleeves so that your sleeping lover isn't disturbed and oh. teaching kids in school that story that it's about emperor i and his cat what? which is what i have his cat or his dog which is what i have heard oh before my
2: God. wow and it's just like
0: can you <laughs> Try harder to erase us from
2: history. Thanks. <laughs> um, Maybe um, the guy who said that Elise just never had the wap. You know, never had the wap because that poem <laughs> never is had WAP. the wap. That Sappho is... was the
0: original, yeah. the original wap. That poem was oh, very, very. I think. Wap. I think when Elise and I were talking last, um, I was playing around with the Sappho shit post generator that our our listeners yes. made for us, and I I got one, and there was there was one that was just like, oh, this is. Yep, this is Sappho doing doing a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll post that uh, on our Twitter, probably. <laughs> it's such a nice way to bring her, you know,
1: like back to life or something. Like there's this mm-hmm. like really ghostly, awesome feeling of, of hearing her talking spontaneously.
0: Yeah. Like posting. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love... I just, I was so moved by, I really love what Ann Carson said about like the brackets, like brackets make things more intense and you see the, you see the yearning literally right there in the papyrus, uh, even if you don't have the papyrus in front of you. And I mean, let's, let's be real. I mostly just wanted some way to put the fragment that is just nothing but celery (laughs) into a whole bunch of stuff because... I am perpetually amused that literally we're, like, talking about one of the most poetic humans in existence and something that is, is timeless and so resonant with anyone who's ever experienced love or attraction. And then we just are also sitting here also going, celery.
1: <laughs> There's a really nice range. I mean, she, she's got some pretty good, like, boner jokes, too, and some of the yeah. the wedding poems and some pretty good like like insults
0: you know also i know people love to talk about like shakespearean dirty conversations and shakespearean insults and it's you know i would really like a meeting between sappho and shakespeare i think they'd get along pretty well
1: there's like there's a flourish to shakespeare but there's a directness of sappho which you know that colloquialism is what people love about her work but when it comes to insults you know it'll sound like gongola you're the most annoying (laughs) fucking person i've ever met
0: that's like a second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, I think that's uh, a Era- what is it? Irana, Irania. Irana, sorry, Irani. yeah. yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to be Irana. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm so happy to have gotten a chance to talk with y'all. I'm really excited for this show. I'm very excited to go back to the yes. beginning of our conversation. I'm very excited to just kind of lay back and let this happen uh. and uh, listen. To it must and be not nice. have to make it. <laughs> as you're as you're like creeping up a couple of days before your your launch date and like I'm so tired. <laughs> um so I wanted to give both of you an opportunity to tell people where they can find more of you and your work individually as well as where they can go to learn more about Sweet Bitter and find it. Obviously they'll be able to find it on all of their podcatchers, but mm-hmm. where else they can go to do some deep dives
2: yeah so we're on instagram and twitter at sweet bitter pod and we have a website sweetbitterpodcast.com so you can learn a little bit more about us there and i'm uh lisa at lisa charlotte everywhere lisa with two e's charlotte for those of (laughs) you who pronounce your r's
1: (laughs) good charlotte (laughs) my favorite band
0: (laughs) oh Uh, That brought me back back to 2002. Right? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm just at eliseknorr.com. A L Y S E K N O R -R R.com.
2: Yeah. No stalking on social media with Elise. It's
1: just because of the students, you know? I don't want them to see my life. Yeah, that's that's fair. But got a whole bunch of poems up at the website.
0: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, and the artwork for this podcast is so beautiful. You guys have like the most gorgeous logo. Here. Yes. I, I love this art.
2: So yes, much. so that's by my friend Estella. So she's um I met her in Bangladesh many years ago and uh, she's lovely and I love her art and every time I do something I'm like Please can we pay you to do the art for this? And she's so busy. So we were really lucky that it was sort of like right when the pandemic hit and it was kind of hard for artists. So I was like, please make us our art and it's beautiful. We gave her like no direction really. We we're just like, it's gay. Make it gay. Yeah. <laughs> she did such a great job. It's really
0: beautiful. That's fantastic. Um, I'm really excited to see this come off the ground and for everybody to dive even deeper. Into Sappho. So thank you both for being here. And say hi to Ellie for me, who is a yeah. busy, a busy, busy oh, human with like is. multiple podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Lisa, you ha- also have multiple podcasts. So like... Sure. You know, whatever, I'm just saying.
2: I'm not putting on the same professional level of podcasting with my Battlestar Galactica podcast. Your podcast is great.
0: Don't sell yourselves.
2: Elise and I have got an episode coming up, though, on the (laughs) X-Men trilogy from the early aughts and how gay it is. So that will probably be out around the same time. It's you, me,
1: and every cricket in Denver. um, Yes, that's true. (laughs) I was just getting drunk on my back porch talking about X-Men with Lisa, and
0: the crickets were... (laughs) I mean, honestly, that makes it the best podcast, let's be real. I mean, there's it- there's a reason why <laughs> there's a reason why we do, like, a conversation chat cast. Like, I, I'm i so excited to see what you all do and how you frame these, because I'm so fascinated by, like, highly produced shows and wish I could do it, but it's just not how my brain works. And mostly I'm like, I just need to talk about things with somebody for an hour. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, kind of how I roll, too. So this is a whole
2: new endeavor for me, but or, you we're know, just, I think we'll pull it together.
1: Yeah, and, like... I mean, just to say a word about your podcast, Lee, like it's so incredibly valuable to have these history, these stories from history being told and shared. And so, to have your support on this means a lot. And just to like have you doing what you do for the community is incredible. Absolutely, like, it means a
0: lot. aww, thank you. So, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy that the, the world of like talking about this in the podcasting medium is growing. There are so, I mean, I think yeah. we probably like on the history is gay twitter get followed like maybe once a week by a new show that's popping up and it's really really cool to see so many people taking the same general concept and being like but i have things to say about this that nobody else is going to be able to say the way that i can
2: yeah and i mean and honestly that's what i love about podcasting like i was having this conversation with someone yesterday actually about why I love podcasting specifically and I feel like everything else is so like tight the power is so tied up with certain people and it's kind of true for podcasting too like in in a sense like if you
0: have the money you can and in the reception yeah Yeah. what what gets highlighted
2: yeah absolutely but I think that there's still a place for independent podcasts like this and where you can actually get a level of success and I think the queer space has been it's been amazing um Mm. the amount of cool podcasts that have come up Uh, in that space Um, like even buffering and stuff it's like pretty great that that was able to be without a huge broadcasting
0: (laughs) house behind them you know yeah it's really neat yeah thank you both again for coming on and chatting and just generally being gay and excited about (laughs) antiquity (laughs) with me Thanks, Thanks so much for you. having us. Thanks. I'm sure this will, you know, not be the last conversation. Um I know that I'm I'm gonna be fully in the future talking about uh Sappho shitposting yes. with you. With I you think all. that you might have to come on the
2: podcast and talk
0: about that. <laughs> I with think us. yeah, 100 percent mm. I mean, I feel like I, I I should get our uh listeners involved in that too, the two wonderful folks who who made it for us and talk about their process of like coding. Uh I just mm. put that out on the on the on the feed is just like, man, I really want to see this happen. And then a whole bunch of people emailed and was like, so I'm going to make this thing. I'm like, oh, cool. This is actually happening. Neat. And then That's we had awesome. a beautiful image of Sappho with like sunglasses and it was just Mwah. It's the perfectly cheeky atmosphere that we aim to go for on this show, much like Amazing. your, your discotheque, uh, Sappho song TikToks. So feel like we're yeah. kindred spirits there. <laughs> it's just not it's just not as fun unless you like sort of make fun of stuffy (laughs) academia you know for sure (laughs) um all right well everybody uh go and listen to sweet bitter podcast and we will see you here for another episode of history is gay soon until next time stay queer and stay curious